Good evening, all, and welcome back to the 2G1C podcast, the not-so-typical sports talk show. Go follow the Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, please speak your mind about the post. Start a conversation. That's the ultimate goal of my social media platforms. The account is 2G1C podcast, all one word. As we did last week, we will split up this episode into two segments. In the first segment, we will quote-unquote, dress up as fans of relevant teams left in honor of Halloween, then present the hashtag Sunday superlatives, and then on Thursday morning, we will drop the week nine preview and picks. Dressing up this evening will consist of what we like about these specific teams, what we dislike, and what we sort of see in the future for a specific team from a fan's point of view. I'd quickly like to say that from about 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. today was like Christmas for me with all the trades that were happening. I would imagine uh, it had the same effect upon the two gentlemen that we have with us this evening as well. And I'm sure we will expand on that uh, a little bit more further as we do start our first segment. Tonight, uh, we are doing our first show on the road, thanks to the Samson Go Mike and the Rubies. Thank you for opening your doors to us. Uh, it's also powered by Mick Ultra Lime Cactus. Uh, we're, we're really uh, branching out here. A little bit of Bullet Rye and uh, the ultimate um, athlete's beer. This evening, we have the host and the master of the one-liner on Twitter, Matt Ruby. And we also have the man that isn't afraid to share his opinion and pitching it Again, you know, the host of maybe what will be called the Amateur Hour podcast about the NBA, Tom Terrell. And again, we'd just like to thank everybody for tuning in. And we're going to go ahead and start with our dressing up. And we will start with the AFC North. And that starts with you, Ruby, and the Bengals. All right. So the Bengals, I'm I'm still a... I'm still a believer that the Bengals are, are one of the better teams in the AFC, especially considering the AFC is wide open. Um, I, I, I still think they're rock solid. I think their defense is good. They had a bad showing against the uh, against the Bengals, but I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, not the Bengals, the, the Chiefs. Um, but who, who hasn't gotten one? Yeah. Um, and in terms of their playoff picture. I think the, I mean, the AFC North right now is 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 wide open as well. Um, I mean, the Browns, I, who knows what the hell you know is going on there. Um, but the Ravens and Steelers, the schedules are tough from here on out. There's a lot of games that could go anyway, and um, I think it's more of just tough remaining schedules all across the board for this division than than anything to where it could. I mean. Three teams could be in, one team could be in. Um, so I think the Bengals have a fair chance. Terrell, you can go ahead and expand on the Steelers. Steelers look good, man. They're, uh, what is it, 3-0 in October so far. Uh, their pass rush has been absolutely on fire. Their, their outlook for the rest of the season is pretty good. Ruby just mentioned it. Their schedule is tough. But no one from the AFC North has really shown me anything moving forward. I'm picking them as a, you know, as a preview for what we're going to do in a little bit, but I'm picking them as my division winners for the AFC North. With or without Le'Veon, they look good. And that may may or may not be an indictment of my feelings about the Ravens more than my feelings about the Steelers. But um, I think Ben's hitting his stride and uh, 
they're consistent. These guys are put, they put up points when they need to. And you can say that you can't say that for that matter about any other AFC North team right now. For me, and I'm going to expand on the Ravens. Uh, it's a pleasure to get to expand on them, even though they did let me down this week and, and really did not look very good coming into the week though. They were the first, uh, the number one overall defense in the NFL and, and I will say about this past week, they were putting a lot of bad field positions as far as um, just not really getting a lot of yardage on offense. The, they, they didn't look great, and the two turnovers that Joe had were, were really poor, actually led to a field goal right before the half for Carolina. Um, I, I will say, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, Ty Montgomery was just traded to the Ravens, and I personally hated that as soon as I saw it. But I will say we gave up a seventh round. So it's one of those scenarios where, you know, he, he lights it up. Fuck it. What, that, that's great. But if he doesn't do anything, you know what? Fuck it. So it's it, it's really worth that. Worth it at that point. Um, the one thing I would the last thing I'd really like to expand on is let me tell you a little story about 2012, folks. They were nine and two and dropped three straight and never lost again. What if I told you that's the next 30 for 30? Pay me, bitches. So we will move on to the next division, and that's the AFC East. And, Terrell, you can start, unfortunately, with the randomization. You ended up with the Jets. Yeah, I wasn't too excited about this one when I got it. But after taking, I guess, a look at what they got going on, the rest of the year is really a litmus test for Darnold. Um Todd Bowles is attempting to establish a culture, and it's pretty much impossible to do so without a figurehead, and that being Donald, the quarterback. Pretty much everybody in the know and everybody we read and hear talk really likes Donald. I, I do, too. He's going to cut down on the picks eventually, hopefully. He's still super young. Really, the entire Jets picture is based on him. He's waiting for weapons. We're going to see what they're going to do for him in the offseason. But right now, for the rest of the year, it's about accruing experience, establishing a good culture for that team, and making sure you know that they play hard and they play together. I will say one thing about old Sam Darnold. He swagged out. You know, he's already signed an endorsement deal with Stance, so, so he's headed in the right direction. Even though he's got a bad face for a quarterback. He looks like he's 50 years old. He does. It's very – it's scrunched together <laughs> like a troll doll thing he's it, got going on. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the bad guy from The Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> And Ruby, you you uh, got probably what is the favorites in this division. Yeah. You could go ahead and expand on the Patriots. I mean, this one's easy. They're you know, it, death taxes and Patriots winning the AFC East. Uh, you know, they started off <laughs> slow, like they do every fucking year. And I, honestly, at this point going forward, if the Patriots started well in September, I would be I'd be concerned because they start off bad every year. They put it together, and now they're just. You know, taking care of business. Um, they're they're getting Edelman's back. Uh, Gordon is starting to get a really good rapport with uh, their rapport. Ian Rapport. Yeah, <laughs> shout out. Uh, get out of here, Ian. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, a, a good good rapport with uh, with Brady. Gronk. I mean, he's still banged up, but um, I think he's I mean, perpetually banged up at this point. Forever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, too, with Gordon. John, he's finally getting healthy. He has not been running full speed. No. It's been evident, and no. he's, that shows his talent. And they're – I mean, every year their, their defense starts slow, and they start to figure things out, and they, they you can tell they're a big film, film team. So they're going to be there in the end like we all expected them to be. 
I also was sort of unfortunate and drew the Dolphins, but I will first and foremost say, you know, the Swollen Field is really having an effect down there. So, you know, that's what they have looking forward in, in the future. He's 2018's Dan Campbell. Let's go. <laughs> I will also say we we caught Devontae Parker on Thursday evening, which is similar to seeing Bigfoot. And and maybe he steps in and elevates the offense a little bit with old Brocky. All of a sudden, not on the didn't get traded. Adam Gates stated not on the trade block. Stark contrast from what we've been hearing. So maybe you're right. The tides are turning on their feelings about Parker. I will say, though, it is a little bit of Albert Wilson was placed on IR. And who's the other one? Oh, it, is Kenny Stills hurt as well? I yeah. Believe. And they got like Jakeem Grant, who actually I, I think is electric. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um also expanding on the on their offense a little bit is Kenyon Drake has 260 all-purpose yards in the last three weeks and three touchdowns. I'm not sold on him because of how hard he fucked me in the first couple of weeks of fantasy, <laughs> but I will say he's looked good over the past couple of weeks and I know benefited my fantasy team last week in a, in a situation where I had to start him. And, and last but not least, again, I'll just say it like we said last week. Oh, Brocky, Brocky, Brocktober. It's, it's actually moving on to November, so it's not looking good for old Dolphin. Yeah, yeah. he's about to turn back into a pumpkin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> With that being said, we will move on to the AFC South. And then I'll actually start with this one because I feel that I have the favorite. It's actually who I chose to pick the AFC South, which we will expand on a little bit uh, here in the near future. I have the Texans, and right now they're the hottest team in the NFL. They've won five straight. Their their offense is is looking pretty high octane right now, and the addition of Demarius, which is another trade that happened uh, earlier today, which I was not really that wasn't the team that I was expecting to land him. I, I was seeing potentially the Patriots, but uh, there was a lot of talk about that, and I, I wasn't sure it would actually happen. But I, I really do think that that makes their offense better when they had to worry about. Uh, Will Fuller getting hurt after putting up his first great performance of the of the year. Uh, I will also say their defense is just filled with really great players. Studs. And, and it's one of those things, I know we've spoken about it before, but when you just kind of look at them on paper and then actually go and, for instance, use a resource like Pro Football Focus, they have a collection of players that are grading out very high. J.J. Watt, obviously. McKinney. Matthew, Jonathan Joseph, Kareem Jackson is actually grading almost at a 90 on pro football focus, which is truly impressive. Clowney is, of course, doing very well. I believe it was Terrell, actually, that that may have sent me something that maybe it was. It was, maybe it, it was, was me. It was you. It was a baldy breakdown. For those of you who don't know about these, I've made a Twitter for the sole purpose of watching and getting instant access to the baldy breakdowns. Brian Baldinger, must Twitter, must follow Twitter guy for anybody. I completely agree. Last but not least, I will say, you know, the the Texans, they're going to try to defend the Astros getting smacked around in the in the playoffs of baseball. And, you know, they're going to try to defend CP3 getting made look like a little bitch. So with that being said, we will move on to Terrell, who drew the Titans. What a blah team. I don't even they're the if every team in the NFL was a vegetable, the Titans would be cauliflower. <laughs> um, they're boring. I guess Mariota's getting the feeling back in his hand, and that's cool for him, I guess. Uh, 
Otherwise, hey, cauliflower is versatile. Yeah, exactly. It'll take on the taste of whatever you give it. They've got really dull ingredients on top of it. So, <laughs> I don't know. We can move on from the Titans. No one cares about them. Yeah. Uh, I'm a cauliflower rice gang member. So, uh, hashtag speaking. FitPam. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cheers to that. Appropriate from the guy drinking the Mick Ultra. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's Mick Ultra Lime, by the way. It's uh, it's my wife's stash. So, <laughs> um, I drew the Jags, who. I think we can all uh, agree that they're just underperforming uh, to this point. Let's also state that he was given the option of the Jags or the Colts. So he is counting the Colts as being not relevant in this conversation. And, and they're, they're mere opposites of each other in terms of the, the Jags. The Jags need to be carried by their defense while the Colts need to be carried by luck. And yeah. I just think the the Colts defense is just it's too bad. They just they have too many holes in their roster. But then the Jags, you know, they've got Bortles and no receivers worth a damn. Uh Fournette, who the hell knows when he's coming back. Um uh, but I feel like they'd be better off not playing him all year. Yeah, Leonard Fournette's gonna have one great year as an NFL player, and yeah. it will be the year before he's a free agent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um it's a contract year. But right? they've been carried by their defense before. So I mean, would it surprise you if, if they started playing lights yeah, out again? They snuck in. I mean, I'm not I don't I don't have a lot of confidence in them. Uh Texans are playing too well, but you know what? That that division's brutal. Uh, in terms of just no no teams really that good. The Texans have caught caught some fire, and I mean they're I think they're the easily the best team in the division. But health yeah. is always such a question with them. Exactly. They, I mean they're they're walking a tightrope right now as a franchise. Everyone. Yeah, but it feels like Texans, especially the past couple of years, they're kind of Ravens esque in the amount of injuries that they have. And I mean it's always a tenuous situation with both of their stud defensive linemen. Just, and oh, yeah. Just because Brian Cushing has gotten hurt every single year of his career does not mean that that's spread across their entire team. Let's talk Clowney. Let's I talk Watt. I was only kidding. And just we know. Highlight I know. Kush. I know. Cush, the HGH monster of the NFL. How can you not love the guy? The fucking madman. The one thing I would would like to say about the Jags is I, I heard it was Rex Ryan before the game in London this past week. He said someone brought up them being the Jaguars defense being compared to the 2001 Ravens or yeah, 2000, 2000, 2000 Ravens. 2000 Ravens. Absolute and, joke. And that's exactly the way that Rex Ryan had responded he was like one you cannot have that conversation because in any game the defense was looking to score you points and he just isn't sure that the Jaguars defense has that exact approach right now they're kind of back up against the wall more frequently than that team was maybe and they're just looking to hold off the other team as much as they can they don't run anything exotic they don't do anything different they run a really simple scheme and what they're trying to do is they're just like they think our dudes are better than your dudes and we're gonna let them beat you and that's i mean that's that's, those are asinine comparisons they've they've created hardly any turnovers this year yeah and that's and that speaks to what Torell was saying about not presenting anything exotic when you're throwing out a a a very blah defense any good quarterback is going to be able to beat that defense even if your players are better than theirs there's about a season and a half two seasons worth of tape on them now and no matter how good your dudes are if you're not trying to manipulate scheme wise it's 
people are going to figure figure you out. It's the NFL, and it looks like they have. They've been getting 30, 30, 30 dimes dropped on them. It's crazy. And, and and last but not least about that is is you see the the change in schemes of offenses right now, and when you're throwing out a blob defense like that, it, they're really going to take advantage of that. Yeah, KC Jacksonville game, case in point. Touche. Moving on to the West in the AFC. And, Ruby, you drew the favorites, so you can just quickly expand on, on the Chiefs and, and what you see for them as a fan. Uh, I mean, they have to be – I mean, if you're – all right, so there's two there's two fan bases that, that have to be the most excited right now, and that's the Rams and the Chiefs. And I'm probably more excited as the Chiefs because, I mean, you were excited with Mahomes from like a brief glimpse last year. You never thought you were getting this. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone thought that they were getting this. I mean, Outside of maybe he's, he's got to be the MVP yeah. favorite right now. Shout out Yoke Future. And they're just, I mean, and Andy Reid is, uh, I, I I love the man. I think he's, I think he's awesome. I mean, his coaching tree is, you know, they're lighting the world on fire right yep, now. But, no question. Um, I mean, he's the trunk and he's built for it. Uh, <laughs> but they're just, I mean, their, their defense is still um, – I'm still not sold on it. They had one good game. Um, I think in their losses, the defense will probably be their demise. And if they get knocked out of the playoffs, which I I don't I don't think they reach the Super Bowl. Because I, I, I think at the end, they uh, I, I think their defense just gets exploited too badly by the Patriots. And to me, it's – the I, NFL is a league that – I'm sorry. The NFL is a league that humbles people. Yeah. Continually. And no – I just Mahomes is crushing it. This looks like a great regular season team. Let's see them go. And let's see them play outside in the cold when things slow down a little bit. And against teams that have been there before, Mahomes is still a rook. He's still known to press and make make the. He thinks his arm is the greatest arm ever, and it just might be. But he's playing against NFL players, and he's going to have to calibrate. Yeah. There's going to be mistakes that are made. The one thing that I would like to say about the Chiefs is I really would have liked to have seen them make a move for a defensive back. I had seen that they were in conversations for Janoris Jenkins, and I don't think you would have had to give that much to the Giants. They're kind of in fire sale mode. So I think they might have been able to sneak him away. Terrell, you made some great points about the Chiefs. Unfortunately, I guess in this division, you drew the Broncos. So if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and expand on that one. Well, I think they made the biggest uh, mistake of the past decade, maybe 25 years, in cutting Swag Kelly this past week. I did not <laughs> hear that. <laughs> yeah, Swag Kelly has been cut. Um, that vacuum laceration really was going to prohibit his uh, future. Yeah, uh, as anyone missed previous podcasts when we spoke about this, old Swag was found in a stranger's home after Von Miller's costume party a couple weeks ago. And after a few days to contemplate, John Elway cut ties. Um, I could spend 20 to 30 minutes talking about Swag Kelly alone. Von, what the fuck were you doing having a Halloween dress-up party like three weeks before Halloween? Von's a weird dude. Von is a weird cat. (laughs) But apparently this is an annual party. No incidents have happened before. Leave it to Swag. (laughs) He's Uh, Liddy. Yeah. Um, otherwise, let's get we'll get serious about it for just a second. I pretty much used all my time on swag, but I use Case, it. Yeah, <laughs> Case Keenum's contract is questionable. It's looking like he's been up and down so far. Um, Cortland Sutton, it's a, them trading Thomas is indicative of what they want to see out of the, out of him yeah. moving forward. Uh, Demarius in the questionable hands. We don't know. I think we do know. It, it was time for him to go. Yeah. Um, 
Vaughn's contract is going to be an albatross. He's going to be the only non-quarterback in the top 10 paid players the next couple of years, and he's going to stay there for the next two years after this year. We'll see what they do with him. Moving past the Broncos, uh, I feel as if I was the lucky one as well, and I, I pulled the Chargers. For me, I, I'm just a big fan of everything that they have going for them other than Anthony Lynn's stupid ass. However, we discussed it last week. I would not tell that to his face. Mm-hmm. He is a swole body. Yeah. I would like to say that Phil Rivers is low key playing at damn near an MVP level. He's grading out at a 90.2 on pro football focus. He already has 2,008 yards, 17 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. So he's not turning the ball over. He has two electric running backs in uh, Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon, who, again, I'll I'll live with the being out in in London. I'm going to need you back here in this next uh, stretch, though, my friend. Melvin, I'm, I'm really, really vying for you. Also, their defense could potentially have a person that's shooting for a rookie of the year in Derwin James. He's playing at an electric level and, and, and Ruby's size because we very much would have loved to have seen him in a Ravens jersey. He was there for, for the taking. <laughs> Last but not least, the, the trio of receivers that they use in Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, and Mike Williams, they're all out there really making plays. And I'm I'm enjoy, I'm really enjoying watching their offense. And then I'll really leave it at that. I actually will get a chance to expand a little bit more on this uh, later on in the podcast just because I, I do pick them to be in the playoffs. But as a wild card, just because of the start that the Chiefs have, yeah, it will probably continue on. So they'll have to sneak in at a, as a wild card. But I will, like I said, expand on them a little bit farther later on. Moving on to the NFC, we will start in the north again. And, Ruby, you were given the option again between the Packers and the Lions. Uh, so this was easy. Uh, Packers. Um, I mean, do we got to get into specifics that much? That that team completely runs through Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's pretty much single handedly almost beat uh, the Rams this past weekend with the help what a great of uh, game. with what a great game. Uh, Jair Alexander, who is a total stud mm. uh, cornerback. Five pass breakups, dude, or something? and he's and like his closing speed is so good, and his ball skills are, are awesome. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, scouts that I follow on Twitter that had him as uh, CB one, and they're all uh, they were chirping pretty good this weekend. Yeah, yeah, he's and he's he's super long, dude. He's and he's 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 good, man. Belichick really had glowing. Glowing reviews of him today out, at the press conference. And out there yeah. covering out there covering uh, that group of wide receivers, it's just incredible. And it'll be very telling to say because Green Bay does play New England this New England, week. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, there are a couple of times where Robert Woods had him beat and he would close in on him. Um, he's just he, he, he's a total stud. Um, but you know, they're 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 a Rodgers injury away from being the worst team in in uh in that division and one of the worst teams. Oh yeah, hands, yeah, yeah. the Nick Bosa so, sweepstakes. Um, it, I, I I like their chances. I, I think uh, they they have a good chance of making the playoffs. I mean, they're still sitting at three three and one, so it's kind of a you know there's not a lot of room for error moving forward. And they still got the Vikings in their way, who are playing really good football. Mm. Um. So I don't know. I mean, it, that that division is kind of wide open because the Vikings are only half a game ahead of them right now. 
And that's a good segue into who I drew, the NFC North and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm picking them to come out. I think they're going to win the division. I agree. I, I like what the Bears are doing. They're building something moving forward, but I don't trust them. Uh, not this year. Not down the stretch. And uh, ever, the return, early return of Everson Griffin is going to pay dividends. That guy can ball. Um, He's a everybody's bad man jumping out there. on. I'm, I'm still. I'm riding for Captain Kirk. Uh, everybody jumped on him this week, but I don't. You know, two. Those were two wide receiver mistakes that led to some of those yeah. big that those big turnovers. I don't think you know you can really point the finger at him too much. He's playing great football. Their defense is starting to pull it together a little bit. I know it wasn't the best outing this past week, but I feel great about them moving forward, and I feel great about Zim as a leader for franchise. But I don't even think that you can say that that was really all that poor of a uh, performance from them. It was uh, from their defense because they gave up a, a defense touchdown, or the, no, was it La- La- Lattimore ran it back? There was PJ Williams had the pick six. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then La- and Lattimore had a fumble recovery or a pick that was run damn near back almost for six. He, he got him within the red zone, I believe. Yeah. So it was one of those scenarios where you know they were put in some tough positions. I, I do like the what the Vikings are what their future um, looks like. I, I drew the Bears, and for me, it's really hard to not try and, and want, want to hope that they sneak into the playoffs. I, I love watching Mitchell Trubisky's stupid ass. Some of the stuff he does is just reckless. But watching him out there as a runner is very entertaining. He's actually 15 touchdowns, six interceptions, and a 97.8 QBR, which is very impressive for him. Granted, it is very slighted because of the six touchdown game a couple weeks ago. However, you know, you still have to throw for six touchdowns, so it's still very impressive. Akeem Hicks is playing very well. The thing that I that does worry me the most about them is they caught a little bit of a uh, health bug. And uh, Allen Robinson didn't play last week. And Terrell actually before the podcast told me that Khalil Mack missed his first ever start last week. So they're going to need to be healthy for them to be able to compete in such a tough division. You know, when you have to play, still have to play Green Bay again, you have to play the Vikings again. That's, you know, that's two potential losses. So for me, I, I don't have them making the playoffs. But I, I'd really like to see what they do because I outside of their division, they play the Bills, the 49ers, but they do play the Rams. They play the Giants. I mean, the Bills, the Lions twice. I don't know. They, they've got a decent shot. So we'll see how they that, that pans out for them. I, I at least enjoy watching Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard and the weapons that they do have on offense. Anthony Miller's another guy that I'm a, a big fan of. <clears throat> I'm buying stock in them for the future, but this is the year they're going to take their lumps. There I think go. they're going to figure some stuff out. They're going to make those mistakes. Trubisky's going to look like a jackass. He's going to do something stupid in a critical moment. Like, he like I said, he, he does a lot of really dumb shit. God, is he a freak. Yeah, really. And, and and still really learning the game, trying yeah. to become a master of his craft. So with that being said, we will move on to the NFC East. And I drew the leaders of the division currently in the Redskins. And we've we've expanded upon this multiple times. The Bama boys up front for for the Redskins defensive line looking are looking thick. Yeah, just looking well. Like, you know, Healthy. It, they play both the run and the pass very well. Mm-hmm. They're disciplined players. I think that speaks to Nick Saban. He really gets the job done down there. They eat good. 
Yeah, and that's in, in more ways than one. Um, not to mention, this division is fucking poor. I, I do do. They're like the Eagles are. We so shouldn't even much, spend that much time on. Yeah, touche. They're so, just trash. So I'll keep and I'll keep it short then. So AP, you know, he's got the juice. He's he's kind of he's playing like he's pissed off that Gore is still kind of even entertaining the idea that he's <laughs> anywhere near as good as him. Yeah. Um, Alex Smith doesn't turn the ball over. So that's really, you know, that can win you games alone as long as your defense isn't giving up obnoxious performances. He has that eight touchdowns. Whatever. Yeah. They're winning. Yeah, exactly. They're five <laughs> and two. Eight so eight for a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. When it's said like that, that's really bad. Uh, I will say their offensive line, they've invested a lot of money and time into them. So that's another advantage that they have moving into what will probably be a playoff year for them. You build your teams from the inside out. Old GM platitude. <laughs> uh, expanding on the on the offensive line, Terrell drew the Cowboys, and that's definitely a, a, a spot where they would like to think they're shining. Yeah, but, I mean, with the Travis Fredericks freak incident, it really is killing him. He's the linchpin. You build your team from the inside out, and they historically relied upon that line. But It's, it's very interesting to see. You know, you wouldn't normally anticipate – a lineman being the player that absolutely really affects the outcome of your season potentially. They just fired their offensive line coach too. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I feel like it's completely reactionary. Yep. It's there. It's Garrett succumbing to local media and the pressure. And Jerry, and or, well, or is it? Yeah, is it Jerry just pushing some hot coals up his ass and saying, you know, you have to shake some shit up or. You're gonna what get what's shaken up. Now, now we will say that this gentleman was not the offensive line coach for the entire time that they have oh, been man. such a dominant force. But still horseshit in yeah, my opinion. Your, um Garrett is and just, Zeke and Zeke is still having a great year. Yeah, Zeke's I mean Zeke is gonna have a great year. Zeke is a tremendous talent. Yeah. Belly shirt and all. Poor judgment. <laughs> um lest we not forget him pulling that girl's booby out down on Bourbon Street. <laughs> hey, it was Marty Raw. All right. Yeah. No. And again, Terrell is is the king of people don't forget <laughs> on this podcast. If this motherfucker is on an episode, it's going to be said. Your flaws will be pointed out. Keep, keep your Twitters clean. <laughs> Come for you next, guys. Um, so I, I pulled the Eagles, and uh, I know you guys are saying this division is trash. But I, I think the Eagles are on the uh, – I, I think they're on the, the – the upward bend here. Um, they're starting to play good football. Uh, Wentz is getting healthy. Alshon, I, I don't understand why people were so low on him coming into this year. He he looks fantastic. I think it was just because there was no like real projection on how long he was going to be out. Yeah, with the shoulder and stuff like that. And I mean, he is always banged up. I think it's short attention span generation NFL highlight clip thing with Alshon. Though, as a portion of people not respecting him. He doesn't do it with Flash. Outside, he's a traditional he's, wide receiver. He's a great route runner. He's going to use his body. He's going to box he's out. Big man. He's yeah, big. He's, a, he's just a large dude. Um, they just had a Golden Tate in the trade today, which I I love that crucial move. great move. Um, that guy's a pro. So you're going to have him and Aguilar. You can put either of them in the slot. You got Jordan Matthews. You can put in the slot. Um, they need. I, they they do need another outside presence outside of uh, Alshon, but they you know you got two big tight ends. Ertz is great. I freaking love Goddard. He is a man child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and he's playing really well. And, and within with on the within probably the twenty five yard line in Goddard is your split. Ertz is your split. Yeah, They're, they can play those guys as big receivers. Exactly. And I mean Peter Peterson's got it figured out. Their defense they they play strong. 
Um, I, I like I like the Eagles. I they have more upside than the Redskins, even though the Redskins are playing. I think just steady Eddie right now. Yeah, better. Um, they're playing better football. They might not necessarily be a better team. I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles pulled out and take the division at the end. That really wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I do. Uh, I do have them sneaking into the playoffs in, in my picks that we'll expand on here in the near future. Moving on to the NFC South, I actually drew the option here and had the Bucks or the Falcons, and I went with the Falcons. I just really enjoy their, even though I would like to go with Fitz, Fitz Magic, I uh, had to roll with the Falcons because of their offense. Matt Ryan's playing at a very high level, and, and you really can never count out old Julio. He might not be getting in the end zone, but my man will get them down the field. If they can ever figure out what to do in the red zone, that's a that's just a really – and actually they, they pretty much have already figured it out because they're scoring a ton of points. Their biggest downfall will be obviously their injuries on defense. They're but devastated. But with that being said, their division is tough right now. Even if the Bucks aren't going to sit there and be able to fight for a playoff spot, they're going to come out and they're going to try to smack you in the mouth. And they're, and they're fit- a threat to win every week exactly. with the talent that they have. But they're not. They're not a great team. And and again, Fitzmagic is the type of guy that that can potentially <laughs> will you to game. So again, like I said, I did pick the Falcons. I love what Matt Ryan's doing. Love Julio. I'm a big Dan Quinn fan. But I, you know. I think they're probably going to end up falling a little bit short of of the playoffs just because of how tough their division is. Well, their defense just just got ravaged by injuries. Yeah, they they lost so many players. players. They lost all their best players on defense. Yeah. No, no rotation players, really. Keanu Neal and Deion Jones. So uh, I took – or I I was given the uh, the Panthers, who I I put the Panthers – they're like the uh, the Chargers of the NFC right now. Oh, I like that. They're playing like just really good football. You know, their their defense can step up any any Sunday. Cam, you know, former MVP. They they they, they got a lot of a lot of good players. They really don't. Keekley's a freak. Yeah, Keekley's a freaking stud. Him and this um, crazy concussion collar. Keep a lookout for that, guys. <laughs> no one else in the league is wearing it, but he hasn't had one since. They need to put the. Billy Bob uh, counter up on the scoreboard. But for real. Um, I think them getting Olsen back is enormous for them. Mm. Um, Played well this past week. Yeah, exactly. They're just a team that, you know, they – I think that they can beat anyone. Um, They're definitely not the best team. I I won't even say best team in the division, but um, they they have a good – they have a good chance of making them. And that makes an easy segue to to what uh, Terrell ended up with in the division. Which is the presumptive division, in my opinion, conference favorite, the New Orleans Saints. They look tremendous. Yeah. Um, not many weak spots on that team. Um, if you could point to one, it would be the back end. They made the move for Eli Apple. He's now playing with his Ohio State counterpart in that back end. So hopefully they're hoping some of that rubs off. Those guys can get Von, yeah. Von Bell as well. Yeah. So – Hoping they can gain that mojo back and uh, get the most out of Eli Apple because there's there's still a lot of talent there. First rounder, yeah, absolutely. But as a team on the whole, they look great. Drew Brees is playing lights out football. He's completing um, closer to eighty percent than seventy five percent of his passes, which is just fucking crazy. I'm sorry, he's it's he's slicing and dicing right now. He's surgical. Um, they look great. Um, I think the tape speaks for itself. They came into Baltimore, a tough place to play, albeit it wasn't super cold, but they got that W. Um, they gutted it out. They've had some good wins. They lost. Who have they lost to? They lost to the Bucks. 
in the the initial Fitzmagic flare up. The Fitzmagic like, supernova. So no star has burned brighter. But wasn't it <laughs> right? But wasn't it an absolute shootout? Yeah, absolutely. Their defense was still getting it together, and yeah. they certainly weren't prepared for what they were faced with. I think their defense is still still uh, they're still not playing well. It it could be. They're a liability. They yeah. just fall apart. But I'm riding the train. It may be a, a little bit of sentimentality on my part with Breeze and here at the tail end. But I like the Saints. So I think they're I think they're uh, they're my division favorite in the NFC. Hey, we're all fucking dressing up as fans of the Saints right now. Yeah. Moving on to the last division, and I don't think we have a whole lot to say about it because not too many teams are shining outside of the Rams, which is the team that I drew. I won't say too, too much about them. They did get better today. They they added Dante Fowler, who uh, for them will be a maybe more situational edge rusher for them. I don't know if he'll be an every-down player. Even if he is, another first-round pick added to their defensive line, which will now be for four first-rounders. That was the biggest hole in their defense. And, was, and, was and, edge. and exactly. So, again, uh, the rich get richer in this scenario. I've also heard that Cooper Cup is would like to be playing against the Saints. Uh, is it the Saints? No. Is it the Saints? No. Uh, maybe. I have no idea. I think you're right. It is it the is Saints. Saints. This week at, at 425, they played the Saints. And he'd like to be back for that game. Granted, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds played very well for them, scored two touchdowns inside the red zone. But Cooper Cup is yeah. a superior player. Uh, that That's just a boost to their offense. Gurley had another great game. That's just a great team. It's in, it's impressive to see that they are a great team on paper and they're managing to put it all together. That will give us an easy adjustment to the other team that I think actually has an okay shot and maybe surprising some people and sneaking into the playoffs, and that's the Seahawks. And, Terrell, you can go ahead and expand on that. Man, everybody buried my guy Pete Carroll at the beginning of the year. <laughs> but um, for real. This is a really a testament to his ability as a leader of men. It is. Uh, and, and we've and we've spoken about that until we're blue in the face on the bottom. Their roster yeah, sticks I, to the high yeah. level. On paper. Yeah, on paper. On paper. But these it's, are NFL players. <laughs> and, and to get behind Pete for a second, yeah. I'll say that God, first, he's 70. He's 70. God, he's the oldest coach in the NFL, and he's still relating to these guys. And he's still able to motivate them and, and get them playing with a revolving door at the coordinator spots. The, the steadying force is Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's established that culture of competition. He's probably, in my opinion, one of the most underrated overall coaches between college and NFL in over the past 20 years. Pete has been tremendous. It's been a long time since those USC days. But he created an unbelievable culture. That was the, the Alabama of a previous generation, yeah, really. I was about to say, I don't care if it's been a long time. What he did in USC was fucking impressive. And every, I'm just on my soapbox. About, this is going to be a Pete Carroll discussion, not a Seahawks discussion. <laughs> I'm on my soapbox about him, and I can't help it. I mean, he's done a tremendous job with a bunch of no-names. They're, they're coming together. They're playing hard. They're playing fast. They're competing. There's different guys starting every week because all it is is how you perform in practice. And he's got a young, hungry team. And they, those guys are vilified, uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll, for their, their choice to turn over that roster like that. Um, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, poor Cam Chancellor with a neck injury. Yeah. He probably would have been gone even without it. I think it would have been time. They shipped Michael Bennett. All those guys were on the backswing of their career. Yep. And what are they it doing was, now? It, yep, nothing. And I don't think we're going to be hearing much from those guys moving forward. Yeah. It's not a gesture of ill will, but it's, I think it's a testament to how smart they are. It was a very Belichick-type move. Cut and bait, getting rid of them. 
he did not expand at all on Bobby Wagner, and that's just because he wanted to give so much praise to Pete Carroll, and I do not blame him. I'm on the Pete Carroll train. But Bobby Wagner is probably the only person that, in my opinion, is comparing to Luke Keekley right now on the defensive side of the ball at middle linebacker. I was really hoping that, that they would uh... – that they would trade him, but I think they're not playing bad enough to uh, for no. him to be worth trading right now. No. Um, and Ruby unfortunately drew the the, car, the Cardinals in the randomizer, and and I'd love to hear if you actually have much to say about them. Uh, so the only thing that I could say about the Cardinals is I think their future is bright at the quarterback position. I I am a Rosen guy. I think Rosen. It, it's so funny. He he's going to be like Jekyll and Hyde between like Rodgers and Cutler on his career. He's going to have some <laughs> some ugly ugly games. But they need to get him an offensive line because um, he processes faster than any of the rookie quarterbacks right now. Um, and that's high praise there. He's 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 solid. He's he's smart. He's he's surgical when he throws. Um, just give him some time, and he's going to need some weapons. Christian Kirk uh, leads all rookie receivers in uh, in receiving yards. I did uh, see that. He's playing at a very high level. Yeah, yeah. so th- that's all. I mean, other than that, they're a dumpster fire. So we will move on to some sort of predictions, and we don't necessarily – we won't look to expand too, too much on any of this, but we will go ahead and give you our predictions for our six AFC teams and our six NFC teams in the playoffs – and I'll actually just go ahead and start that to, to keep this easy and rolling. In the AFC, I went, and, and this is not in the specific order outside of five and six. So I have New England, Steelers, Texans, Kansas City, the Chargers at the five seed, and the Ravens at the six. The Ravens at the six is obviously a homer pick. I, I I like their chances with the rest of their season outside of their games against the NFC South. Um, the Chargers, they're, they're a good team, and I think they're going to get better as Bosa comes back. Like I said, Durham James playing at a high level. That was actually the team that I dressed up for. Um, but for me, I, I think the, the four divisional winners might be pretty common between the three of us. So I'll actually go ahead and let Terrell move on to his six in the AFC. Yeah, pretty similar deal for me. AFC East, New England, AFC North, Pittsburgh, South, Houston, West, KC. Wild cards being San Diego and Baltimore. Although it's San Diego is arguably the second best team in the AFC at the moment. And I think they're only going to get better. So, uh, yeah, not too much difference there. I think all the cases are fairly fairly obvious for these guys. New England is New England. Yeah. Pittsburgh, they're my division choice. Just Baltimore's so up and down right now, just inconsistent. Um, Joe is a wet blanket, a noodle. I think there's only one way to describe him as a human, and it is flaccid. AFC <laughs> South, Houston on a roll. The rest of the division looking not, not like real contenders. AFC West, KC is KC at the moment. They've already got the W over San Diego. Um, I think they might take the next one as well. Baltimore, I guess it's a homer pick, but no one else is really jumping out at me. And our talent on defense, just just a little too much to keep us out of the picture, I think. And I I want him to get fired, and he's not going to, and they're going to hardball. He's going to stick around. We're going to make the playoffs by the skin of our teeth. We'll have another season of hardball and Flacco just for karma's sake, I feel. So, uh uh, mine's very similar. I got the, the Pats, the Steelers, the Texans, the Chiefs, all as division winners. Um, Chargers is the fifth wild card. And then I'm actually going to go with the Bengals 
uh, over the Ravens. Um, this is more just to hoping I'm wrong and that the Ravens make it. But I just think I think the Bengals are just so solid still. Um, I don't know. I, the, the, I'm, I expect heartbreak every year from the Ravens, and uh, I just you know I'm, that's where we're gonna get. At, the, at this point, I'm, I'm just preparing myself. After last year sitting in the bar and watching the end of that game after walking out of it early and having that heartbreak uh, with the Ravens, it was almost nauseating. So we will move on to our sixth in the NFC. I have the, and again, in no specific order outside of five and six, I have the Redskins, the Vikings, the Saints, the Rams, and then my five and six are the Panthers and the Eagles. So like I said, I think the Eagles will sneak in. They're just a team, been there, done that. I think Carson Wentz is a great player. The Panthers are playing at a high level. Their defense is uh, probably their weakness, in, in my opinion, and their offense is high. It depends on what week that they show up. Cam is a guy that, that definitely is dangerous. I like him a lot. The other four, the Rams, the Saints, pretty self-explanatory, the Vikings, you know, that's that's going to be a tough battle. And then the Redskins, I just think that they managed to safe play it the rest of the way to win that division. I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to be pretty consistent with what Mupp just stated, except I'm going to flip-flop. I'm going to say the Eagles are going to take the division and the uh, Redskins are going to come in at the wild card. Not too much uh, to say other than what Mupp had to say, except for I feel a little bit better about Carolina. Um than he does in their offense. This is the canvas throwing two touchdowns in six straight games. The first time ever any stretch in his career, he's done that. Wow. They're playing well. They're playing consistent. Uh, contrary to what every prognosticator said before the season, myself included, him and North Turner are doing well together. I don't get it. I don't understand, but it's happening. I'll let them go. Um, yeah, everybody else, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much holding consistent with the points that Mop had to make. Yeah, so my uh, my division winners are going to be the Saints, Rams, obviously, um, Eagles, Vikings, and then this is tough uh, for the two wild cards. I I'll, I think Panthers uh, will definitely make it, and then from there it's like a Packers, a Packers, question. Skins, or Seahawks. It, and pa- think, it was hard for me not to take the Packers. I'm, I'm taking the Packers. Um, I, I I just think it's I mean it's freaking Aaron Rodgers. Um, skins, we've seen that story before. Um, maybe the Caps have finally, you know, broken the curse of the DC sports franchises. Um, and the Seahawks, uh, I don't know. It, I, 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 I guess I need to take a look at their remaining schedules a little bit closer, but I mean, it felt weird when the Packers missed it late last year. Um, so I, I, I don't see that happening again, but. I think the NFC North could sneak in and have three teams in there and have the Bears be the second wild card. No. Nope. No. <laughs> no. I love that. I love Break the doubters. Down. Trubisky is fitting to fuck both of them in the face. Oh, just with your uh, <laughs> Colts lock of the week. Moving <laughs> on to the divisional round, we are going to pick our AFC divisional matchup uh, and our NFC divisional matchup. And I'll start that with, I have new England and the chargers in the AFC. And, and again, like I said earlier, that was my, my team that I think, you, you know, Terrell expanded on a little bit earlier. 
I, I'd like to see KC when it's a little bit colder and they don't necessarily have the advantage that, that their offense is just going to steamroll everybody. I love what they're doing. I'm just not sure that they'll be able to do it in, you know, eight degree, eight, eight, and eight degree weather. Yeah. Terrell, and, you, and, and since you were, you can expand on that. Yeah, I'll mirror what you said. Guys, we don't talk about these before we do them. I At had, all. I had New England versus San Diego as well. Um, maybe we should start talking about them before we do them I, at this point. But I see San Diego coming together at the end. Phillip Rivers is the only guy out of that fabled draft class yet to um, even compete for a ring, really. Although he is certainly the better quarterback than Eli. I oh think that God. that's what I think yeah. that that's what it comes down to. So for me is the, crazy, the, the, like, the play that that Phil Rivers is, is uh, performing, the way that he's performing, and the right horseshoe now. that was up New York's ass for about <laughs> seven or eight years. There. Yeah, um, yeah, Phil's gonna. I think Phil's gonna lead him to the promised land. So New England, San Diego. Uh, I mean, it's it's New England, and then I mean, I guess the Steelers, maybe. I don't know. They, they, they do run they, a pretty tight ship up there. Not a lot of internal <laughs> discord. I think that they're a lock, yeah. Them and the Browns are tied for, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like that that matchup plays out every year. And, and you, got, I'll, I'll have to apologize. My, my dog is apparently wanting attention right now. Um, Shout out, Reggie. Yeah, yeah Reggie. Uh, I, I mean, Pats and Steelers. And then, I mean, for me, I think the Pats, you know, they're on the table. Well, not completely because the Chiefs are still there. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll get to that real quick, real quick. Last but not least, it, it's the the NFC, and it's for me. I have the Rams and Saints. Uh, Terrell again. I'm going to ride with him a little bit with the nostalgic factor, and you know, I think it's uh, it's Drew Brees' opportunity to sort of get back there and and maybe supplant his mark in history. And we should note this is uh, I guess we're talking about conference championship, not yes. divisional. Yeah, so, yeah, my apologies. Okay. The, the AFC and the NFC championships. Their minds Patriots, Chiefs. <laughs> I'm going to go New England Rams as well, or pardon me, New Orleans Rams as well. Uh, they're the two best teams and pretty much uh, – I like I like New Orleans, man, coming out of here. I'm hesitant to say it. They haven't been that consistent, you know, from the past couple of years, but – Again, same kind of cases. The Chiefs. My belief behind the Rams is that uh, they're just not quite ready. The uh, the I, I don't know. Um, I, you could say last year was their not quite ready year because um, they were playing well at the end and then lost in LA to the Vikings or or no was it or was it the Eagles? Could all come down to home field advantage, uh, which I think both would favor the Saints. I agree. Yeah, no yes. matter where they played, whether it be um, L.A. or New Orleans. So, for me, I, I'm going to go Saints-Rams. I mean, I feel like this one is uh, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and from what it seems, is it, it seems that, you know, about you know, a couple of elite teams have really separated themselves from the rest of the pack yeah. in the NFL. And There's only maybe five teams where we don't have a ton of question marks about, yeah. and we feel as if, the, you know, they're pretty much locks to make it. And, and that will create an easy segue for us. And we're going to go ahead and give you our after uh, half of the season, our Super Bowl pick and outcome. I have New England against the Saints. And I have Drew Brees get, getting a second one in. And like I said, supplanting his way in, in the history. 
I'm going to go San Diego, New Orleans with, of course, Hoff and I agreeing yet again, the Saints taking the Super Bowl. No conversation had before. We promise, guys. I'm going Pats, going back. I hate to say it. Um, and I'm going to say the Rams. But I will say the Rams get it done, and I think it's going to be the turning of the page in the NFL uh, from Belichick, the old genius, uh, to, to Sean McVay, and the, just the new style that the that the NFL uh, is, is going with the play calling and, and design and stuff. And we expanded on McVay last week uh, quite extensively. We are big fans of here of him here on the podcast. You know, that's a guy we're fucking coming for in the future. That's a guy I want on the stand podcast. And his so, girlfriend is. And, uh, 10 out of 10. Oh, my goodness. She's a smoke show. But drawing parallels between him and Belichick yet again. Belichick's new wife. Smoke show. Is good for is him. Is the future version of Sean McVay's current girlfriend. <laughs> that guy fucks. That's awesome. <laughs> he has a boat. Thank you, guys. And that will be the end of our, you know, dressing up in honor of Halloween. Moving on to my favorite part of the podcast, as always, it's the hashtag Sunday Superlatives. You can look it up on Instagram and Twitter, and you'll be able to find lots of examples of great videos that I've created and posted. First and foremost, we would like to highlight the best throw of the week, and I will start with Kirk Cousins under pressure, throws a back shoulder dime to Stefan Diggs to put them on the one yard line. It was a ball where only Stefan Diggs is going to be able to come up with it. And it wasn't necessarily even just like a floater. He really kind of put it on a line. It was a really great ball after delivering a good one to uh, Adam Thielen on the previous drive. And in another case of Kirk Cousins uh, exceptionalism, I will say that he is the highest rated passer in the NFL this year under pressure. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, he's under pressure a lot. Cause I don't constantly, he has more group. of an opportunity, but he's performing. Um, so my best throw was the Fitzpatrick two point conversion, uh, which tied the game and turned out to be all for not. Um, he gave a little, uh, a little ole there, uh, in the pocket and then gave him the old Steph shimmy. He couldn't have thrown this ball a millisecond before or after when he did, because there were arms just scissoring in his path. Um, Scissoring his Xerxes. Exactly. Yeah. Like Mr. Garrison. Um, it was just, I mean, and, and we all love Fitzmatch. We can all, that's something we can all agree on. How can you not? My throw of the week is uh, my boy, Chosen Rosen. I hate to do it, but um, he changed the levels of his release point and threw a sidearm rocket about 32 yards to Christian Kirk in the back of the end zone. It was an absolute heater. Um, was as a person, throw. can't ride with him, but man, that's a hell of a throw <laughs> he made. Moving on to the best catch, I had Gronk. Uh, just last night down the left sideline, he bobbled it and managed to still bring it down before getting knocked out of bounds. Ridiculous. The guy's playing uh, pretty much hurt every week and still managing to perform at a high level. Um, I mean, mine, I think, is the is the obvious one. Thielen doing his best Randy Moss impression and just abusing P.J. Williams, uh, catching it off the back of his head. I mean, that was that was that was mossing someone. Yeah. Um, I, this is a tough one. It was tied between me. I could have gone to OBJ um, with the uh, the one arm being grabbed. Yeah, I mean he's a dude, but yeah. I mean we'll gloss over him. Every highlight of his gets played a million times. 
I'm going to go with Andrew Luck had to throw to, I think it's Mo Ali Cox. <laughs> it's like the fourth tight end on the roster. Yeah, yeah. but God damn. Three tight ends. Had what a catch. Did basketball that? player. Yeah. Did you have, did you happen to know that Antonio Gates played basketball? No, a <laughs> little known fact. But um, really, you know Fitz, Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Oh, who would have guessed it? <laughs> you know that Jamarcus Russell scored a three on the Wonderlick. <laughs> that, that I did. Not as popular as it should be. And anyway. that should be spoken about much more frequently than it is. And we will segue that into <laughs> the best offensive play, so we don't shit on Jameis anymore after his four pick uh, performance. Best defensive play. I have a random, very random play that probably no one saw. Calais Campbell managed to track down Carson Wentz while they were in London this past week. Granted, he had a 10-yard gain on that play, but it stopped it from being a much larger gain. And Calais Campbell is a very large individual and should never catch Carson Wentz. Uh, Mine's going to be the McCourty pick six in uh, the Monday night game. Um, More so wasn't just wasn't because of McCourty. It was because, and and, uh, I think Jason Witten and Booker McFarland talked about it pretty good. It was a cover two with uh, normally in cover two, you try to get the receivers outside to your, to your two safeties back, but they opened up outside and they let the guy beat him inside. And it was all bait. McCourty jumped the route. Uh, the, you know, Anderson thought he had him. So it was just a, it was a, it was a perfectly designed defensive play completely trapped. Uh, I'm going to go a little outside the box as well. And let's talk about uh, the best defensive play. He wasn't on the defense, but he was certainly making a play for him was Stephon Diggs. Um, stopping a, a crossing route in man coverage. <laughs> I, who does that? PJ, PJ's on his hip. Makes Kirk Cousins look like a jerk. And PJ sucks. Yeah. Not that great, guys. And you made him look good, Stefan. You're a great player. But this week, you made the number one defensive play of the week in my book. Moving on to the best overall play. Again, I'm kind of going with these random plays that might not get highlighted otherwise. James Conner had a, a 30-yard run out of the shotgun. It was a draw play. He broke like six tackles on the play. There was great downfield blocking. Did you Just, know James Conner had cancer? I did. We actually <laughs> spoke about it last week, as a matter of fact. Even he's sick of hearing about it. Just <laughs> let him move on. Touche. Touche. With that being said, move on to your to your overall play of the, of the week. I'm going to ride on Mupp's coattails and talk about another unusual play. Um. I don't know if it was the most overall impactful play because it it was a penalty for his own team. But Kelvin Benjamin's block last night. (laughs) Oh, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's a clean block. I don't get it. I like Um, like that block. I need Booger to be quiet on this one. I was not a fan Mm -hmm. of Booger tearing him up. He He hit him with his shoulder. He was a likely player who was going to – he was going to tackle. He was going to tackle the ball carrier if not for the block. It, this is football. He hit him clean, but he hit him too hard. Apparently now we're calling plays for hitting people too hard. Well, Tom, I don't know if you know this. You're not allowed to kill people on the football field. And that's pretty much what uh, Kelvin Benjamin did to just snap that guy's shoulder soul. to chest. Let him go. So uh, unlike my two counterparts here, <laughs> I will be taking the low-hanging fruit. And uh, the Kareem Hunt, back-to-back weeks, uh, breaking tackles, hurdling someone this time he finished it and, and put him in the on the pay dirt so um guys you got it you can't you can't uh dive at his ankles it, it doesn't work mm-hmm. where are you allowed to hit people that's <laughs> what i want to know and we the paychecks 
in honor of Halloween, we'd like to hollerate. Mm, hollerate. Oh, yeah. All right. Judas. Holla. We would like to celebrate the best costumes of the weekend. And I actually just saw this one today. It was Jared Goff dressing up as Brad Gluckman from Malibu's Most Wanted. And he looked fucking spot on. It was great. I'm going to go with the uh, Cleveland Browns ownership and front office dressing up like a real ownership team in front <laughs> office. I was going to go that, that route. Um, it has been a complete shit show this week. I don't necessarily disagree with what they've done, but I don't agree with it. It's it had just, to be done. It's a mishmash. Uh, this needs to be expanded upon further, but it's a clown show up there. They're like two. They're like two of your of your kids that you that you find fighting. You mm-hmm. don't know who started it, but then you just send them both to their rooms. That was essentially <laughs> what they did. Yeah, but they just canned them both, and they put Greg Williams that, in charge. Yeah, that might be a huge mistake. He highlights his hair, Greg. <laughs> He's a lunatic. Yes. Um, so mine, uh, Emmanuel Sanders dressed up as Tyrone Biggums this weekend. Um, and that's just <laughs> that's fucking awesome. And but because it's 2018 and it's so, and that's probably fucking softies. He had to issue a an apology on Twitter. Apparently, it offended the the crackheads in America. Um, but you know, you know, I I, I stand by him. Fuck your feelings. Fuck free world. <laughs> three, one, three. We always like to provide you some fantasy advice. And we would like to highlight the quarterback most likely to succeed this week. Mine is Jared Goff in New Orleans. New Orleans defense is so-so. Should be a shootout. And I think that Goff has a great shot at putting up good numbers. I do have one dark horse, which is Alex Smith versus Atlanta, who is an absolutely god-awful defense. And I think he could potentially help you out if you do have your normal starter on a bye this week. So mine, I like oh – and I've, I've used him before. Baker versus KC. Um, man, I don't even really feel good about that now because I think they may be in disarray. But it could be a shootout, so I mean, well, he might have to score points. He might have to throw it 60 times, yeah. so you know, it might be quantity over quality for Baker, so I'll stick with Baker there. I'm going to go a good old Scam Newton against the Bucks. This is a divisional opponent that he knows. It's also been ravaged by injuries against defense. It's not playing that well. He knows what these guys do. Um, I think that's going to be a shootout as well. I'm rocking with a little Scam. As always, guys, thank you for tuning in. I always appreciate Ruby and Terrell coming on. As you guys very well know, they're frequent flyers. I hope we gave you a great show this evening. Follow the Instagram and Twitter, 2G1C Podcast, all one word. And tune in for the Week 8 Picks and Previews on Thursday morning. We out.